Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be seated. Man, we know how to have church around here, don't we? Glory be to God. Every time I come, it gets stronger, better, more alive. You're blessed to have a worship team like this. Amen. If you're new to us, stick around. You'll get better and better. You'll find out there's truth here. Truth is in high commodity because it's scarce. I think of the Old Testament prophet where God said, your young men and your young women, you know, they would go from sea to sea looking for the truth and not find it. Now, if you compare that to what the Holy Spirit said to the Apostle Paul, that in the last days there would be so many teachers, preachers, etc., that you could heap them up. So how does that compare? One prophesies that in the last days you'd go from coast to coast. That'd be like New York to L.A. almost, you know, if we use that, that setting. And not find the truth. And yet, in another place, the Bible says there'll be so many voices, you can pile them up. But the Old Testament prophet was not talking about the voices. He was talking about a value called truth. We have more preachers, teachers, internet, television, radio, books, etc. today than the body of Christ has ever had. Someone said the other day, did you hear what so-and-so prophesied? I said, uh, no. What did he prophesy? So he tells me, well, Doc, what do you think about that? I said, well, based on 50-50, I don't know, because that prophet, so-called prophet, is 50% right, and half of his predictions never come to pass. So I think we ought to stick with basing our future on the Bible and be led by the Spirit and not the prophet. But there are true prophets. There are major prophets today. There are minor prophets. Any true Holy Ghost believing, gifted believer can, uh, can have a gift of prophecy, perhaps, to edify, exhort, and comfort. And so we, we appreciate that by all means. But we live in a day, just like the Bible prophesied, we live in a day where there would be false prophets, false teachers, even false pastors, false shepherds. Now, false doesn't always mean of the devil. It'd be like a pastor who wants to be a traveling minister. He was a true anointed by God, appointed by God pastor, but he's abandoning his call for some reason, his desire, his wants. He thinks it's easier to be a traveling minister. So he's a false traveling teacher, but he was a true pastor. It'd be the same of a traveling minister who didn't want to do that anymore because it really is pretty rough out there. And he says, I want to be a pastor, man. You know, just stick around, stay home and pastor one flock. Well, he was a true, we'll say, traveling teacher, a true teacher, but he'll be a false shepherd because God didn't appoint him to that. And the same, my friend, is true to you, the body of Christ. You see, God knew when you'd be born. You weren't born by accident. I don't know your being born state or story, 
But God knew it. God knows everything. He's omniscient. He knew you'd be born just like me. He knew that through the process of God's events, you'd be born again today. And you'd be serving in one of America's greatest churches. This one. Now, listen, you may not know that because if you can go to a great church all the time and just kind of get used to it and start taking things for granted and then you know where that goes. I call it the sin of familiarity. Before you know it, you can go to a great church like this and start to whine a little bit and grumble a little bit and start robbing yourself of the greatness of this church and the purity and the truth in this pulpit simply by your own prejudice. But you didn't mean to. It's a sin. But imagine going to a great church where there is truth, not just voices. A pastor the other day said, you know, Brother Barclay, uh, I preach this thing on the cross and I'm getting beat up about it. I said, I know. He goes, you do? I said, yeah, you work for the most unpopular person in America, Jesus Christ. There's a whole movement against Jesus Christ. The world hates Jesus Christ. I love him. I, if Mr. Biden, you know, who may be or may not be the next president, when Mr. Biden literally, boldly, with confidence said, and I understood what he said, he said, I am proud to be a Democrat. When he said that, I thought, well, I'm proud to be a conservative Christian. So if he can, in international TV, just be bold to tell the whole world, this is what I am, then I think you and I ought to start getting a little bit more bold to tell the whole world I'm a Christian and I'm proud to be a Christian. I go to Faith Family Church and I'm proud to go to that church. Mike Bang is my pastor and I'm proud that he's my pastor. In the name of Jesus. I'm glad you cheered because it might go down from here. Amen. We live in the last of the last of the last days. How do I know that? Bible describes what the last days would look like. Day of Lot, day of Noah, family splitting up over Christianity, over Christ, the Antichrist movement. How about this? There'll be those who depart from the faith, not the faith movement or the faith message. The faith always means Active Christianity. That When they wrote the faith, like there'll be those who depart from the faith. When they wrote the English Bible, that's how they said active Christianity. Oh, in here, maybe a little flick your bick, a little flame in here. They say they love Jesus, but they're no longer active or activated Christianity. They chose to depart. He didn't say they were kidnapped or driven out said they departed. You can't depart from somewhere you haven't been. Then what about this one? The New Testament says, they will turn their ears away from the truth. Now let's just deal with this for 30 seconds. The Bible says this, and then it names the element. You can help me. This is what overcomes this world, even our faith. Faith in its baby kindergarten definition is trusting God that what he said, he's good for it. That's faith. There's a lot of side definitions and expansions. So they would turn their ears away from trusting God into trusting something else for their security, their supply, their confidence. But the Bible says faith comes by 
Don't mistake that. It didn't say seeing. Your eye has never been given permission by heaven to extract faith. Only your ear. Now you can get inspiration, knowledge, wisdom from reading. Sure. But you can't get faith according to the Bible. Faith comes by didn't say it didn't say hearing and seeing it said hearing then it says and how will they hear without a preacher wait a minute and how will they preach unless they've been sent faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god how will they hear this truth Oh, there's a lot of people holding the Bible, flashing the Bible, referring to a Bible, maybe even opening their Bible. We got so many voices today. Are you kidding me? Uh, but it doesn't mean that you're going to hear them and get truth. True. But you will hear. That's one of the beauties of this congregation. So uh, they turn their ears away from the truth, which really when you deduct Faith overcomes the world. Faith only comes by hearing the word of God preached. How will, they, how will they hear that preaching without a preacher? But yet, wait a minute, it can't be any old speaker, preacher, teacher. How will you preach the kind of word that you can get faith from unless that preacher has been sent by God? And I don't add to the Bible, but this is a good thought. Sent to you. Sent to you. Your man of God. Your woman of God. I thought for sure that this particular service would out amen the early ones. Amen. Okay. This is like choir. All right, you ready? We're going to say amen. Ready? When I do this, you say amen. Ready? Amen. You do know how to do it. I thought, wow, man, we got to get this church fixed. Now, my duty in the kingdom, that's why I'm here standing with your pastor, which, by the way, I've told them before, I'll tell all of you, I will stand with this church and stand with this preacher any day of the week, night or day, at any time about anything. You can count on us. We're here. And I'm not, I'm not a flatterer. You, some of you just know my preaching, maybe. They know me. I'm not good at flattering. I don't do it. I don't like it. I don't like it when people do it to me. That's the gospel truth. And when I said earlier, you're in one of the greatest churches of America, you are. You definitely, this has all the qualities of what the Bible would describe as a great church. That's a message for another day to open that up and unpackage it for you, but that's who you are. Now, will you keep it that way? Because it's harder to keep a good church like this than it is to build one. Now, my duty in the kingdom, it's one of the reasons I'm here, is as a prophet of God, the Bible says, book of Joel, and it fits us now, blow a trumpet in Zion. That's among God's people, Zion. Not just Mount Zion, but Zion. It didn't say blow a trumpet on Mount Zion. It said blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in the holy mountain. That's my duty. So right now, though I got many things I love to teach and preach, God has me assigned to the many churches that I can stand with and influence and be with to talk about the day we live in. We, we are not going to be the true good soldiers of the cross, climaxing the ages. That's the duty of this church now. That's your duty. We're not beginning nothing. 
We're climaxing the ages. And that's our, that's our position. And I keep saying, Lord, we are not going to be the army that fails you. Count on us. We are born again, spirit-filled, blood-washed. These are not sayings. These are not just sayings. We are born again. We're spirit-filled. We're water-baptized. We're blood-washed. We have a Bible. We know the Bible. We've been trained to know what to do in church. Haven't you been? Haven't you been? You know what to do outside of this church. Is that correct? We are the soldiers of the cross. Say, I am. Say it good. I am. Say this. I am a soldier of the cross. So you don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. We're going to heaven. Rejoice. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We're not suicidal, but it's a whole lot better than here. Amen. I looked at a picture of me when Vicki and I got married, 1970. What a hunk of a guy. Muscular, skinny, no cracks, crevices, or wrinkles. Not a gray hair to be found, not even on my dog. He was just like, what a specimen. I can't even say it with a straight face. <clears throat> what a specimen. So I saw the picture. We were, were reminiscing because it's our 50-year wedding anniversary year and 40 years as a church. Yeah, thank you. Amen. So then I saw a picture of my Vicky. He called Mo Shundai. She was made right, built right, walked right, and she knew it. <laughs> I told her once, we were, we were in the ministry about five years, and I said, Vicki, are you of the opinion that I married you because I needed an assistant pastor? Because I got and had and still have something totally different on my mind <laughs> than a preaching partner. And all the married men say, Oorah. Oorah. See, I'm going home now. Praise God. I feel led to. <laughs> so all of that to say, I looked at her picture and I looked at her. You know, she's 68 like me. She's so beautiful in my eyes, of course. And uh, I'm still madly in love with this woman. I'm still chasing her. And, uh, you know, I figure if you quit chasing, you quit catching. So keep the chase going, guys. And that might take something besides, I love you, honey. Anyways. So I looked at her picture and I looked at her and she goes, what? I said, you know, when we get to heaven, and I held up her 18-year-old when she was 18 and mine. I said, look at you. You're, you're, man. And look at me. Hoorah. <laughs> and look at us now. <laughs> and when we get to heaven, I said, Vicki, Wait till you see me in my heavenly garments, my new heavenly body. So see, if there's no other reason to rejoice about going to heaven, just go home and look in the mirror today and say, wow, I'm headed to the right place. I'm going to get my new heavenly glorified body, praise God. The Bible says clearly, Jesus, red letters, quote, I will build my church. Raise a hand and say, that's me. So he wasn't just talking about this. Oh, this is important, the local church. I say this, you're going to have a hard, hard walk trying to be a Christian without a pastor in the local church. And I don't know, you might make heaven um, give it your best shot. 
But if you're in the ark of safety, that's what this is. Like Noah built an ark just before judgment, we're building these arks just before the great tribulation period where God pours out his wrath on all the earth. That's what this is. This is an ark of safety. You come in here and you come in here more than you come in anywhere else. I mean, every time the door opens, you'll find safety. You'll find protection. You'll get guidance from God. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The gifts of the Spirit could be flowing in the midst of you. You'll certainly learn the truth. Now, if you've been culturized, my word for you're caught up in the new message of culture, whether it's in agreement with the Bible or not, you can test yourself. There's a lot of great tests. And the culture says this. Even the, now even America has its own culture. It's not really based in the Bible like it used to be. Now it's just, what's the going thing? And we have this fake love movement. It's not true love. True love tells the truth. True love would never let someone just live in any kind of sin and just go to hell because truth won't allow you to do that. Truth speaks. Truth speaks. Love speaks truth. Right? But let's, let's get something straight. Love is not the principal thing according to the Bible. You, you remember the Bible? Neither is faith. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. So if, you've been, if you're all caught up in the culture and you've been, you've been reconditioned, I might want to say almost to the level some people as brainwashed to think what? This is old-fashioned. This is the old school. These are just older pastors. This is, uh, this is an older church. And I got to go where it's modern. You, need, you got a problem. Because did you know our God is called the Ancient of Days? Yes. He's older in dirt. He made dirt. Thank you, ma'am. You want to finish the rest of my message? You're right. He's older. He made dirt. I'm going to change my phrase from now on. Let me memorize your face. I'll say, this lady in Sioux Falls said, yeah, you, you got to get rid of this culture thing. It's, it'll kill you. It's killing our churches. It's dirty in our churches. Why? Because all through time, just like today, society is purposely, now I don't think you're purposing it, or even people, but, but on purpose, driven by demons, society is deteriorating. You can't deteriorate if you live in this book. Why? God never changes his mind. There's not a verse in there that says this word will work until 2020. This word will work until there's a homosexual movement, a gay marriage movement. This word will work until Americans decide, like, we just kill babies, now even on a table. Some of you voted for those people, by the way. I'm sure you did. Ask God to forgive you before it's too late. We just, now we, now we... I mean, if you take Christianity out of this, what kind of people kill a living being inside of a womb, let alone once it's birth and it lays there while the doctor and the mama decides if it should stay or go? See, there's a lot of tests for you and me to see how much has culture become our doctrine. Because the Bible says those who depart from the faith will give heed to deceiving spirits and demonic indoctrinations. There's no class in the church to go learn the doctrines of demons. So it must be the demons teaching these doctrines themselves. Are you listening to me? 
All right? So I love the verse that Jesus said, I will build my church and the authorities of hell, the very hell, will not prevail against it. <laughs> now, prevail doesn't mean they don't fight. It's like the verse that says, no weapon. How many? Tell me, how many? No weapon formed against me or us will prosper. Now, if you're a veteran or you're military or you just know about it, uh, we call weapons assets. But if you make that missile and you launch, we'll say missile, and you launch that missile, but it doesn't hit the target, it's a wasted million and a half, two million dollars. There was no reason to light the wick and send it on its way because it totally became worthless. Why? It was built, it was bought, it was set, it was launched, it was aimed at a certain target, and it missed it. Nah, 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 nah. So who cares? So we got to understand as last days believers, that's who you are, like it or lump it, your duty is to climax the ages. We're going to heaven, and in the name of Jesus, we're going to take as many souls with us as we possibly can. So now, in 2020, going into 21, this isn't even about growing this church. This is about grabbing souls, hell-bound, demonic indoctrinated, full of culture souls that swear to God they're right, but the Bible says they're wrong. Now, whose word do you think is going to get you in heaven? Theirs or God's? A young preacher the other day, um, he preached a message on there is no real place called hell. And he's got a massive populist following. So, Somebody he knows said, I don't think you're right about that, Reverend. I think, and man happened to use my name. Maybe you should call Dr. Barclay on that. He's, you know, he's at least got some good theology. So I don't know why he did it. He's, he's a whole lot more famous, or maybe not famous. It might be infamous, but it's more popular than I am. But he did call. I said, well, son, uh, if I was listening to you and I was one of your partners, you know what I tell you? Uh, Jesus Christ said there was a hell. Over 37 times he defined it in a short few years of preaching. And, I, and you say there isn't one. Uh, I, I, you, man, you're pretty, you're preppy, you're toothy, you're fancy, you're popular. But I'm sticking with Jesus Christ. So I don't even care if you say you have a new revelation, that you had a dream. Because Jesus Christ said there is a place called hell. And to find what it is, what happens there, and who's going. See, that's your battle as last day's believers, that you don't let culture turn your ear away from the truth. Because like it or not, modern cultural doctrine, psychology, and philosophy has become, is becoming one of your number one enemies. Now, you can disagree with me. You can, you can say it. He's an old guy. He's from the old school. That's just his opinion. You can say anything you want to. But what you can't deny is what's going on in our streets, what's going on in our elections, what's going on in our courts, what's going on in the Supreme Court, what's going on or not in your schools, what's going on in your universities, and what's going on in our churches. You can't deny it. It's right here. Not right here in this church, but it's right here in front of you. So disagree with me all you want if you want to, but you can't deny the fact that it's now getting cold outside. 
Well, I don't get cold. Okay, well, that doesn't mean it isn't cold. Right? Wear your shorts, flippers, and a short sleeve. That's your business. But it's still cold out whether you think it is or not. This is the, this is the way this works. Now, I see this in the spirit. There's a great attack against the body of Christ and against Christianity. They right now, I'm not exaggerating, go do your own homework. So you see, when you listen to us preachers, especially pastor, will say, you don't have to take our word for it. We went and studied the truth and facts, right? So we can save you a lot of time of research and not digging in. Sure, you can. sure we can. And, uh, or you can just go do it yourself. You can find the same things we found and sort out all the trash and all the opinion and, and all the manipulation and brainwashing and, and, and actually find the truth. But we can save you a lot of time. You know? And so, like right now, the attack on us, believe it or not, is called Marxism. You may or may not know what Marxism is. You may not know anything about Karl Marx. Maybe you do. Uh, but it breeds what you and I hear the term socialism. Socialism. Go find a socialist or a grown-up socialist is usually a communist. And grown-up communists, they have dictatorship because what happens in true socialism, and I know it's not a town hall meeting, it's not a, it's not a political science class. I'm talking to last day's Christians and this is your battlefield. You gotta, if you don't have this straight, you got to get this straight because they will steal everything from us. They already stole Easter. They already stole Christmas. Now, maybe not in your heart, but out there at Santa Claus, a fat guy going down a chimney, Easter bunny with eggs, the leprechauns. I mean, it goes on. Now they're trying to steal the church by taking away any doctrine that breeds purity or biblical standard and replacing it with culture. I have a lot of churches in France, all through Europe, but our, our ministry is very big in France, or, or, or broad, well, big, but broad. Now, the French, many of them say they can drink wine because it's their culture. And they say they don't get drunk. The idea that people say in America who drink, I can drink as long as I don't get drunk. It's getting drunk this bad. It is getting drunk is not right biblically. But my Bible says wine is a mocker. I wish you would have taken my offering first. <laughs> wine is a mocker. It mocks God. And so is strong drink. The word there in Hebrew isn't roasted and brewed. Like they try to say, well, you Americans drink all that black coffee. We drink wine. No, no, it's not roasted and brewed. No, 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 no. It's fermented. It's got alcohol content. Wine is a mocker. So is strong drink. It doesn't say if it's public or private. And it doesn't say how much or how little. So I ask that one of my disciples is a top cop in Michigan State Police. So I asked him once, you ever pull over drunk drivers? Oh, yeah, I pass it all the time. Do any of them know they're drunk? One out of 1,000 will say, I've been drinking, I'm drunk. The rest deny it because they don't really believe they're under the influence. Because without the breathalyzer, 
Then he said, even then I got to convince him, you had too much to drink. I can hold my liquor. I know when I'm drunk. <laughs> well, what? Becoming a Christian gives you a certain discernment. I'm offering this now because if there was any chance of getting a good offering, I might have just <laughs> sunk that ship right there. It's just one illustration. So the French pastors, they'll sit around the table and drink wine with their meal. I don't. And then before you know it, they're a little tipsy. They don't know it. I know it. Don't you think there's a difference between this and this? <laughs> Even if you are a reverend. It's just kind of punchy today, aren't I? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. So I said, all right, guys, if you get to drink wine because that's your culture, even though the Bible has warnings about mockery and everything, then we got to go down into this one country uh, uh, in, uh, in deep Africa where the dad, it's their culture that the dad literally physically rapes the daughter the night before her wedding because he has a right as that's his seed. So he has a right to that virginity. So if the, I'm just illustrating, if the French get born again and they think wine's okay because it's their culture, then we got to give way to that guy to rape his daughter, even though they're born again. Yeah, but rape is wrong. How do you know that? Because the Bible says so. How do you know drinking's wrong? Because the Bible says so. But if you get culturized, then you got an excuse. Same with sexual perversion. So we got the beauty of this is there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, there's no female in the spirit realm. And so what, what's the Bible saying to us? Last day's believers, get ready because everything's going to get conglomerated. Right? Yeah, right. So there's no male or female in marriage, there's just marriage. A child now in Canada, one of our great neighbors, a socialist country, and so now when a child is born, the parents can choose to put no sex on the birth certificate until the child gets to like the fourth or fifth grade, and then they can choose whether they actually relate to and, and feel male or female, then they declare their gender. New York City, I thought it was 26 gender. A preacher in our conference last week said, no, it's up to 30-some genders in New York State laws. I only remember God creating two sets of plumbing. Right? But see, you know what they'll do to you Christians? You're mean you're wrong. You have no love. You're judgmental. You are haters. So I always produce this. You do your thing. I always produce this question. Why is it that it's them always making us comply to their way and they never comply our way? We have to tolerate them or you're a hater. And, a, but, and, and by the way, you're prejudiced. If you're a Christian, you're just prejudiced. It don't matter against what. You're just a prejudiced, racist. That's their stance they're taking. But isn't it amazing that, that, you, that we can't do that with them and they never tolerate us? It's only one way. Now, maybe you've been hearing this too. We're just talking about last day stuff. I hope it's okay. So in the last days, I do this study. I did this study because I kept hearing this statement. It kind of bugged me. 
I even heard our president say it many times. I've heard the DOJ say it. I've heard Supreme Court justices say it and write it. I heard it in the, uh, in the, just in the hearings that the Senate Judiciary Committee just had with all the high-tech bosses. We've got to stop this so it doesn't happen to the next president. It should never happen to another president. But where's the prosecution for those who did it now? Now, I'll tell you why this is important, because the number, one, the number one enemy you're facing is has Satan has launched socialism in the American church. You can't argue with me if you do any homework at all. You may have an opinion, but don't be like some of the others that they just go by their opinion. They don't have any facts. They don't have any truth. They don't do any stuff. I don't feel good in my spirit. Or, well, that's not how I see it. Well, why do you see it different? Give me, give me some, something to stand on, right? So if you go study, you shouldn't take my word for it, by the way. Go study what was being said about 18 months to two years before Hitler was, uh, was elected. He wasn't a bad guy in the public. Nobody knew what he was going to do because nobody could. Listen, you know what they said in Germany? Europe, and you know what our president of the United States said at the time before Hitler got in? That could never happen in Germany. They said right here, well, come on, Doc, these things, sure, but it'll never happen in America. Well, then why did you get locked in your houses? Well, actually, here. I'm praying your governor runs for president. And, uh, wow. But in most places on the planet, like in my state, our governor, sweetie, pie, she, uh, she demanded that we stay home and only go out with her permission. You could go to the store, but only the store she chose. When you went into those, I'm not exaggerating any of this, right? Right? You live there. Mark, you be ready to sing when I'm done preaching. And, uh, because don't, we don't want to close on this warrior speech. We want to close on an anointed song. So I brought my own medicine with me today. Praise the Lord. But so she said you can go into the pharmacy or you can go into a part of like say Walmart or we have a store chain called Meyer, like a Walmart competitor. But you can only buy certain things when you go in there. They literally, she literally, the government, I'm not blaming one person, actually. The, our government said that you can't, and they police taped. You know those yellow police tapes? They police taped certain things or whole aisles and said, you can go in the store, but you can't buy from that. And this is a disease? A disease is doing this? You know how many diseases we've had? I carry a piece of paper with me. I won't read it today, you know, just because of time. There's so much to say. But I carry it with me. It's a killer disease that has come every single year for the last 20 years. Now, you can go a whole lot farther back than that. But I tracked 20 years in America. Every one of them was supposed to kill us. Remember the Asian flu, the Hong Kong flu, the bird flu. How about West Nile virus? You know what they told us in Michigan? Don't get a skeeter bite. It'll kill you. And it did kill some people. 
So we don't mock the disease, but there's always the pandemic, and then there's always the mandemic. We've ne- when the last killer disease we had was going to kill off like one-third or more of all Americans. We never stopped one school bus. The postmaster worked and delivered mail every day. Not one school was even cut short of hours, and nobody wore a mask. This might be going beyond a germ. In the first time in my life, I witnessed, so did you, I witnessed a virus, a germ. It's alive once you curse it to die. It's alive. If you can get it to die, it won't be in you. It won't get in a family member. It won't spread anymore. If the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus curses it to die, what's it going to argue? So, in 14 days, 15 people ruled the world. From the time, now COVID was here before that, but, the, but, but at the time of announcement, the oh my God announcement, and then all of a sudden the government said, just like in Nazi Germany, the government said, we better protect you and lock you in your home. Now, we understand, nobody understands quarantine like Christians because we know about leper colonies. We know about a woman in the Old Covenant that if she had an issue of blood, she couldn't go out, etc. We know about quarantine, but when you quarantine healthy people, it's called tyranny in any dictionary, in any language, including America. Then how are they getting away with it? So I watched, exactly, I watched this trickle. Our president, can I, can I, I don't criticize the president. I wouldn't want to be a president. I'm just saying, somehow he caught on to this and Dr. Fauci really was our president for about a month. And then FEMA took over because our president declared a war president in an act of that we're at war. With a germ? No, they know this went beyond a germ. Okay, so 14 days, that's all it took. Everything shut down. Not one thing or two. uh, America mostly was told to go home. Now, thank God our president figured it out and he pulled the plug on that. We're going to open up our country. You know, Fauci took a back seat slowly and it's like, listen, you guys, this is my interpretation of what our president saw. This is not the stats you said. The science is very inaccurate, and uh, we're going to open up our country because there's other things. Like, do you, see, this is what you never hear. Do you know how many people have died because they couldn't get in a hospital, but they had a deadly problem that wasn't COVID? Yeah. You know how many family members now have died alone because of COVID? Never before with any disease, as contagious as they were. So I present to you something you should study out. I know it's true. In 1918, no, in 19, in 2018, yes. I don't know if I was around. I wasn't even around 20 in 1918. Wow, where'd that come from? In, in 2018, I saw a vision. The Lord said, you tell nobody about that, but you call it a dark cloud. You remember, I started telling, in fact, you helped me propagate. I didn't ask you. You just did it to tell people, you need to get this vision 
that Dot Barkley had about two clouds, a dark cloud and a glory cloud. You can get that at our table if you care, but uh, that's not what I'm going to explain right now. But I saw this dark cloud, and in it I saw, I'm going to freak out some of you carnal Christians, and I know people are streaming, so hang on to your bus seat. And, uh, you know, I saw a vision of a creature coming out of the, of the, the far Pacific, and it was a combination of, it looked like part lobster, part crab. You know, it was crusted, covered, had big claws, and it came out of the ocean, and it started coming towards the United States. And I asked the Lord, what is that? He said, it's going to be something America has never seen before. A lot of people will not avoid it because they're not ready for it. And it will bring... Hear me, you can say you, hear, you heard it here first, unless you've heard it before here. A global reset. You're in the midst of a financial global reset. Mr. Obama actually started it. Well, he may not have started it, but he's the first one to be bold enough to talk about it. We're going to collect all the money they say from the rich, but they mean the middle class. So we're going to get all the money, and then we're going to redistribute it so everyone has an equal share basically, that's what they're saying. That's the heart of true socialism. And so we want, they're, they're targeting, this demon is targeting the middle class. Why? Because that's most of, well, let's just take America. It's global. Take America. Most of America is not the rich, 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 and it's not the poor, poor, poor. It's the middle class. Now, if the right people can get in charge of America, they're going to make it look like California. That's their prized possession. You can't go anywhere unless you're told. If you have a home Bible study, I just had a pastor call me. He said one of our members got busted by the cops, by the governor and the mayor. Governor, mayor. It, they, the homeowner got fined uh, $10,000. And each person that went there, this is not my investigation. It's what this pastor told me. I, I think it's true. I would believe him. He said every member that attended that, there was like 10, I think 10 of them, maybe 12. They each got fined $750 for attending the Bible study in someone's home without government permission. They're having underground church in California. Some of them are just having church regardless, and they're being harassed really bad for it. A lot of the churches are underground. Like one of my biggest, fastest growing churches in California, the pastor called and said, we got to go underground. Uh, they're going to fine up to 10000 up to $100,000 a day every time we meet as a church. So they're trying to break us financially. So we dress like we're going to the park, walking the dog, going to the beach, you know, California. And, uh, and then we park all over town, and then we take turns walking into all the different doors of the church because our neighbors are being paid by the government to report us if we have church. They get money from the government to turn you in. That's the underground church. Think about that. But right down the road, this pastor said, five houses down the road from the house that got busted for a Bible study, there was like a, I don't, I don't think it was Tupperware, but that kind of a party. There was like a Tupperware party, and no cops showed up, and there was about 20-some people, they say, there. And cars parked all over the street, but no cops showed up. But with 10 people, because the Bible was there, they're getting busted all over the state. That's the state of California. You live here, but don't you think if the people 
get into office who promised they would make America look like California, that they're not going to try. So you better get spiritually armed up, my friend. You better get to church, get to prayer, know what to do, and be ready for it because you are real close to having that same group of people set in the White House if that's how this goes. And don't you think, I think, now in my lifetime, I think I told the early services, in my lifetime, I'm 68, so you know the first 10, 12, 14 years of your life, you don't pay much attention to politics, you know. But since then, in my life, we've had a couple of really bad, evil presidents. We've had a couple of really good, God-fearing presidents. And then we've just had a whole bunch of presidents. But on every one of them, evil, good, or just presidents, the minute they were elected, they went to work to try to keep their word on what they promised during their campaign. Mr. Biden and Kamala Harris, for example, will be no different. Mr. Trump and his team will be no different. Whoever actually takes the White House now, they will work for four years to bring to pass what they said. Um, if you go by Mr. Biden, you got to get ready to pay the most taxes you've ever seen, lose your tax cuts. And I don't know if you saw their recent statement. They're coming after the evangelical Christian church to criminalize certain things that a Mike and Vicky Bang might preach that secular society and socialism does not accept. You think that's so far from America? How about the Houston mayor? What was it, three years ago? Four, I lose track of time. Four years ago? She put out a mandate to every church in Houston. She's the mayor. You will not preach your sermon on Sunday unless you want to be arrested, unless I approve what you say. You will send me... Is that true, Mike? You will, I know it's true because Ted Cruz filled And he went down there. Thank God in this case for Ted Cruz. He pulled the plug on that pretty quick. But imagine a mayor... In a big city like Houston, in the United States of America, telling a preacher, you can't preach anything I don't approve. Because that's what happened. What about Canada? I'm a Canadian, full-blown Canadian minister. Uh, I better be a little bit cautious if I care. I don't care. <laughs> if I care, because I can get arrested in Canada for using certain words in my message, in, my, in the church, because it's now against the law. So you see, this isn't that far away. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? That's my alarm, if you can hear it. I play taps for my alarm. Yeah, sermon did, have a funeral. So let me, Ryan, let's, let me I don't want to just leave you right here. Give me like another couple of minutes. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Y'all look so serious. It's like, you're going to quit now? I'm bleeding here. Patch me up first. But. So let's, let's just kind of wrap this up this way. They're after the middle class. You can see it. They want to stop you from having jobs. They want to send your work away, send your factories away. So eventually, you can't get and keep a good-paying job. Why? Banana Republic. They collect all the money to the rich, and that's who runs the country, and only the rich. 
and only those who run the country either become rich or keep their riches. You don't hear a certain party in our country saying, we're going after rich companies and rich people to get their money. Why? Don't they get enough of your money? Then it's the dirt poor. But no middle class. You know why they want it that way? Because the rich are the rich. They can domineer over you, the biggest demon in the world. And then you'll be poor, and so you got to do this to the government. I need food. I need gas. Can I leave my home yet? Can I go to the store? Will you give me permission what to buy? You know, I lost my freedom of speech, so all I can do to say... So I just heard this. I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm observing. Yesterday I heard a person say, I won't say the name. If you watch a part of the news, you might call it. This person said... They've said a lot of things. This person said, I can say anything I want to because I'm a Democrat. But if I was a Republican, I couldn't say that because we Democrats wouldn't permit it. Does that not tell you anything? Sorry if you're a Democrat. I'm not picking on you. I'm just observing and hearing the statement. This is for real, guys. We're the church. We're the people that aren't supposed to be deceived. We're the people that aren't supposed to trade this in for culture. We're the people that don't serve any other God but ours. Can I have a better amen? amen. We're the blood washed. We're the redeemed. That's not a saying. That's who we are. So it's time to go to war. I'm talking about spiritually, mostly. It's time to go to war. So I invite you, if I could command you as a general in God's army, I would command you. That every day at 12 noon, wherever you're at, whatever time zone, 12 noon, five minutes, do four things. Set your alarm, 12 noon, do four things. Curse COVID, say it. Curse COVID. Curse COVID. I'm talking about the virus. It's alive. Curse it to die. Not just away from you, just period. Curse the thing. Nobody's got this power but the church. If the medical people had this power, they'd curse it. Even some of them are dying by being exposed. Curse the demon that I saw coming out of the ocean. Because don't tell me this is a germ only. Not to repeat my message, but we've had killer germs before. And no one's ever locked down even one school bus. This is a man-made controlling crisis. The germ is real. Don't make light of it. But all this other stuff, man-made, controlling, socialistic, communist, let's, let, and then bless God, you do what we say. So it trickled down. That's why you got to bind this demon. Bind COVID, bind the demon. How did it go from the president to governors? They're, a governor, they, have, they got all kinds of less authority than a president. And then to mayors? Mayors are bossing people around and telling you what you can do and can't do. Now it's to merchants. Yeah, mom and pop can own this little store and they got something in there you need, but you don't go in there. You don't get to go in there unless mom and pop tells you, you follow our rules. We're in charge of this right here. No mass, no entering. No this, no entering. So this demon now is all the way down into the small sector. And it won't stop there because it never does. So we bind the, the disease, 12 o'clock every day. You bind this demon that wants America to look like California, which now looks like communist China. 
you want to pray for, now you start praying. Don't pray to these two. Now you go into prayer and you pray to God for everybody you know that's sick. And then you pray for peace in our streets. You better pray for that because you're not done seeing among the worst, greatest riots you have ever seen in your life. And if this switches, you know, after all that's happened in the press and they've already made Mr. Biden the president, what if he's not? You think they're not going to burn down America? Shoot all our cops? Come after you if you're a Christian? I don't know. I hope not. I bind it. But that's the point. So do those four things uh, every single day and join the warriorship, join the army that's battling against this thing spiritually. Now, I could talk like this. This is where I live. I don't want to live here. This is my assignment to sound the alarm in the holy mountain. We're last day's believers. Right, Mike, Pastor Mike? We're, ma- we're last day's believers, and we can't fall for this culture stuff. We can't call, etc. It's time to rise up, and we're on our way to heaven, guys. And we're going to take everybody with us that we possibly can. Amen. Clap once for Jesus. Now, go back to our product table, and uh, this is one of the examples that's back there. Answers for today. I went through the Bible, and I addressed things that all you and I are dealing with, what's here, what's coming, what people are asking us, what we need to say to loved ones. That's why I put this together. Uh, there's other things back there that has to do with the day that we live in. Amen? Amen. All right, raise a hand to heaven and say, I am, I am. a soldier of the cross. I will not deny, I will not desert, I will not betray, I will not be deceived, and I'm not falling for the tricks of the land. I'm blood washed, I'm born again, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm taking as many souls with me as I can. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I love you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.